Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome to episode 50 of the No Look Pass podcast presented by WRSPN.com. We want to thank you for tuning in. You could be listening to anything in the world, but you're here with us, and we appreciate that. I'm your host, Frank Santos, who has nothing clever to say. Basketball season. Let's go. I have my host with co-host with me, Andy Flint. So I know it's good. Man, I just want to give a quick shout-out to my boy, Joel Embiid. You are a triple threat. The dude can hoop. He's funnier than hell. And he apparently dates the A-list celebrities into his Twitter feed. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to get into the process. We, we are going to talk about him. But first we want to say, for those of you who, who did not believe that we could get to 50 episodes, Jay-Z would well, like a word. we don't believe you. You need more people. Because here we are. All right, so this is our season preview. But first, before we get into our season preview, we did have to finish up the division previews really quick. We're just going to breeze by these um, two last divisions, just how, how we have them ranked in total. Uh, and then where we have them in the standing. So, Andy, what about the Southeast? Who do you think is going to win? And uh, what did you think about the division rank? Uh, the South, Southeast, I had uh, the Hawks winning the division. I have the Wizards behind them. Surprisingly to a lot of people, the Hornets next, then the Magic, then the Heat. I went with an overall ranking of fifth. Okay, so I have the Hawks winning as well, but then I have it Hornets, Heat, Wizards, Magic which I actually believe is how it turned out last season, now that I look at it. Um, and I have it as the worst division in the league. So we're going to get into that a, a little more um, as we talk about our season preview. And then how about the Northwest? Uh, I have, and this took me a couple tries real quick, but I have the Thunder, Blazers, Jazz, Timberwolves, Nuggets, and I have this as the third-ranked division. Okay, so I have Thunder, Blazers, and then I have Wolves, Jazz, Denver. So I have the flip-flop, the Jazz and the Timberwolves, like, uh, from what you did. And I have it as the fourth-best division, just because I, I think it is deep. And um, I actually I have quite a few uh, teams in this division in my Western Conference playoff picture. Maybe too many. But we're going to get into that as well. <laughs> so we are, are are going to talk about everything that has to do with the upcoming seasons. We're going to predict all of the awards. And then we're going to have a surprise team. And, of course, it wouldn't be the No Look Pass podcast without a No Look Pass for the season. And we will tell you what that is in a little bit. But, Andy, we're just going to start right at the top. Who do you think is going to be the MVP this season? Kevin Durant. I just think that the Warriors are going to – I don't necessarily expect them to beat the record they set last season, but I expect them fully to flirt with 70 wins. I think uh, Durant has played some heavy minutes here in preseason. We saw some 40-minute games for him. He's looked, you know, pretty damn good. I think uh, any concern with fantasy owners over whether or not Kevin Durant is going to get enough touches have nothing to worry about. I think, if anything, you, you're probably going to see a spike in his steals and blocks. He played pretty well that way uh, towards the end of last season in the playoffs. He was phenomenal. I think he was upwards of two steals, two blocks a game in the conference uh, championship against the Thunder or against the Warriors. But I expect his defense right. to improve because he's playing with such an intelligent defensive team. And I also expect his assist to be up. Haven't really quite seen that so much in preseason, but I expect it to get better. I think he'll be dishing the ball in that system. So, KD, as much as I hate you right now, MVP. So, for all the reasons you said about the Warriors, I am going surprisingly. And to my surprise, nobody has picked this that I could tell. I, I did a lot of research. But nobody has picked this. I'm going with Steph Curry as the MVP. How about that? 
because I think that we have forgotten just how legendary he was last season. And I think in that, he sort of has this little, like, I think Steph Curry has a FU season in him because despite everything that he did, all he's really known for right now is that him and the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead, and nobody really remembers that he had one of the best seasons in the history of the entire league. And now he has probably the second best player in the league playing next to him, and they're just going to have their way. And I think Steph is going to be the guy that I, – I think Steph might have 12-plus assists this season, to be honest, per game. Um, and that he's always going to score, and he, he's very efficient, so he doesn't need a lot of shots to get his numbers. So I don't think Steph is going to be the person that really suffers stats-wise with, with this new thing. I think it's going to be a combination of Clay and Draymond. So for all of those reasons, I'm going with Steph Curry as the three back-to-back-to-back MVP. Um, yeah, I, I mean – Listen, I don't hate the Curry for MVP thing because I do think, you know, with what I said about Kevin Durant, some of the things, I I do believe that rubs off on the Curry, too. He's going to be on a phenomenal team. And I happen to agree with you, too. I said this to a lot of people uh, talking fantasy basketball. I expect Curry and Durant to still get theirs. The 12 assists, I think, is – I don't don't see Curry – I don't know if Curry ever gets over eight. I just I think the the six or seven he gets a game now seems kind of like a ceiling to me just because he is such a prolific scorer and shooter. I, I just don't know where it comes from. I think Draymond actually increases the assist a bit this game. I think he's going to be one of those like stat sheet stuffer type players. Yeah, and he already is. So uh, we're both in with Warriors. I think uh, James Harden's also a good pick. I thought about him. And uh, I'm sure I was really honestly surprised you didn't pick your boy Westbrook. I really thought you were going to pick Westbrook. Uh, I think I'm it's a, there for him, too. There. I mean, I, yeah. I think the possibility oh, is there. And Hard, Harden's another one I talked about, but he killed me so badly last time that I can't do it. I think LeBron's always obviously a factor in that race. But, yeah, I, I think there's a few guys. I saw some people picking Paul George, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. I, I like Paul George. I don't like him for MVP, but Paul George is awesome. Uh, we're going to go on the other end. So we, we did a lot of offense, even though you did play defense. Uh, but who do you think is going to be the defensive player of the year? The defensive player of the year. I'm I'm staying, man. I'm staying in the Bay Area. I'm going with Draymond Green. Yeah, yeah, that's a popular pick. Um, I, I thought a lot of people were going to pick Kawhi. Uh, I'm going with Anthony Davis. I, I, I really uh, believe in the Pelicans this year more so than a lot of people. Uh, and I just think that he has the – he has the, the ability to sort of really tack on the blocks. I like Hassan Whiteside for this award, too. I almost picked him, but he's just way too much of a head case, and he's going to be the best player on the team, and I really don't know how a Hassan Whiteside-led team is, is, is going to pan out, so I, it's just too much of a risk for me. Uh, but I went with Anthony Davis. Uh, we're going Rookie of the Year next. Who you got? I have for Rookie of the Year. I, I have, I've come over uh, to the dark side, Lord Emperor right. Palpatine. I, I'm I'm going with uh, the funny guy, Joel Embiid. Yep, it's the process. Trust I trust the process. <laughs> that is his nickname. It, it's the best nickname ever. Shout out to Sam Hinkie. Uh I trust the process. I trust Joel Embiid. I think I've seen enough in the preseason to to know that probably the minutes limitation is going to be like temporary. Um, it, it, it really does seem like he is going to have an ability to play more. I think Nerland's Noel being out definitely helps him get more minutes. And, you know, obviously, you know, you don't have to worry as much about an, another guy on the team stealing points, stealing minutes, stealing touches, things like that. Um, I think they're going to be a bad team. And I think they're going to just want to just ride Joel Embiid because he's their best player. So, uh, yeah, trust the process. 
I, so you know, the one thing I, I so, want to yeah, – real quick about Embiid before we move on is the one thing that really concerns me, and we hear all these minutes restrictions, is is the fouls because there's been some games here. I mean, he had a game where he played 13 minutes and had four fouls, a game where he played 13 minutes and had three fouls, a game where he played 18 minutes and fouled out. So I think the fouls may yeah. be a little problem for him. He's not even getting, you know, six-man minutes, and he's fouling out of games. So he's got to watch that, but a lot of upside. Yeah, that's a very good point, and that's, that's always really a concern for a lot of big men, too. You know, big men tend to be foul-prone, you know, especially young big men. Uh, coach of the year, Andy, I think this is a very interesting race for coach of the year. Who did, who did you have? So I got it right the third time, I think. I have changed this. To, I mean, I had two other coaches. I, I'm picking Brad Stevens. I think I'm kind of drinking the Celtics Kool-Aid as much as it tastes foul, and I hate it. But Brad Stevens, man, he's, <laughs> he's, he's – I don't there's just something I like about the guy. And, you know, on top of that, he's a great coach. So I, I see big things for, for Brad and Boston. Yeah, the funny thing about uh, Stevens and the Celtics is, uh, obviously we're going to talk about the Celtics when we do the East, but uh, they're, they're very – people either think they're going to be really good or I've seen a lot of people not even have to make the playoffs. So, it, you know, it, it, there's a lot of wiggle room there. I went with Coach Tibbs. Uh, I really think that he's going to turn this Minnesota Timberwolves team around to not only a respectable team but potentially a playoff team. And I just think he, he even has a lot of, like, preseason mojo for Coach of the Year already. And I always think that helps your case, especially when people are talking about you. And I think he's going to be able to meet those expectations. So I really think that that's, that's going to be what, what propels him. Um, I, liked, uh, I like Nate McMillan in, in Indiana because I think they're going to be a good team. And obviously he's a first-year coach. Anytime you have a first-year coach that sort of, you know, overachieves, you know, they're always sort of eligible for the award. But I ended up going with Tibbs. I like the Brad Stevens pick, though. Yeah, and I like the Tibbs pick. He wasn't one of the guys I had. Um, you know, there were some other guys. Steve Kerr's obviously one who could who could win it. I mean, he, he obviously won it not, you know, coaching a good chunk of the season, so why can't he win it when we all know he already has a super team? So I, I think he's obviously in there. But I like Brad Stevens. I, I, this Boston stuff, I hate it. Yeah, it, it, it's awful. And, and plus, you, I mean, you could always pick Greg Popovich, but it, it's just weird. It just feels cheap just picking Pop just because we already know he's the best coach. Uh, most improved player, also another interesting award. I think there's about 10 to 15 guys I could see winning this award, to, to be completely honest. But who, who did you have for most improved? You know, and I went back and forth on this a bunch of times, too, because like you said, there's so many players. But I think the guy who I was already picking prior to him seeing a change of scenery is uh, my old boy, Victor Oladipo. I think uh, if you toss in the fact that he's now essentially – looked at to provide a decent chunk of scoring alongside Westbrook and OKC. Um, the fact that he did so well in the late, the late months of the NBA season last season, um, March, he averaged about 20 points a game as well as April. Um, he had some steals, some blocks, even over a block a game in April or yeah, in April. So I think there's i I'm talking, actually, I mean, February and March uh, towards the end of the season there. So I think that there's plenty of room for Oladipo to grow. He's obviously playing for a new contract and, He's my pick. I'm going to miss him in Orlando. I, I love the Victor Oladipo pick. He was definitely on my short list. Um, I ended up going with D'Angelo Russell. Uh, I, I really think that he he showed something at the end of last season, and now he actually has, one, a competent coach, and two, a coach that actually likes him and wants to play him minutes, and three, he doesn't have Kobe Bryant on the team hogging all the minutes and hogging all the shots. So I – I think the combination of those three things really is going to have him in for a breakout season. He's going to be playing a lot more minutes. He's going to have a lot more usage. And as we saw from 
C.J. McCollum last season, sometimes winning this award is really just about having the opportunity to show, like, your per 36 numbers. If you have 36 minutes a game, now those per 36 numbers just become your per game numbers. So if uh, D'Angelo Russell can do that, I definitely think that, that he can win the award. For that reason, I also thought Dennis Schroeder was, was a potential pick just because he's going to have the ball a lot in Atlanta. Um, I really liked uh, Devin Booker. I think obviously a lot of people are high on Devin Booker, and I, I, I think that might have the opposite effect. I think he might sort of underachieve because maybe the expectations are a little unreal for him. Yeah, no, and I, I there, there's a lot of great guys for this award. And like you said before we even started speaking about it, there there are. D'Angelo Russell is one that I was really thinking about changing it from Oladipo to Russell, which is why I drafted Russell on my fantasy team because I do expect him to have a quite the substantial leap this year. Speaking of which, uh, six man, I'm going to start with this one because I got Brandon Knight because he is on my fantasy team, and that's not the only reason though. Uh, I really think that they're not going to be able to play all three of these guys together. I mean, Brandon Knight, Eric Bledsoe, and Devin Booker. So I think Knight's going to be the odd man out, sort of goes to the bench. But here's my theory: uh, Eric Bledsoe, he's going to be out for four to six weeks at some point because he's Eric Bledsoe, and that's what he does. And then Brandon Knight's going to get a starting role, going to get his numbers up, and he's going to go back to the bench. And he's going to win six man of the year. <laughs> that, I mean that's, that's my theory. I don't even I don't even want to make my pick anymore. That was like such a good justification for it. Um <laughs> I'm I'm actually going with Brandon Jennings, even though he was miserable for the Magic last year. I think I've seen something different with him for the Knicks, and we know he's gonna do sort of the same thing where he's gonna play a bunch of games as the starter when Derek Rose is, you know, nursing his broken toe or his bent finger or whatever. And, you know, we're going to see some padding of the numbers, and he's then going to continue to play the, you know, a good six-man role um, while Rose is healthy for a few games. So I, I do I see much of the same thing there, although Knight's the much better player, so I don't know what I was doing. Well, I actually I, – I really like your Brandon Jennings pick, and some one reason why I actually shied away from it is because I think Derrick Rose is going to miss too many games, and then Brandon Jennings is not going to be eligible because he's going to start <laughs> 50 games this season. Uh, so I didn't go with Brandon Jennings. All right, so let's get into our conference previews here. So uh, we're going to start with the East. I want you to go one through eight, um, just who you have in the playoffs, and then if, if you want to expand on a, on a certain reason why you picked a, a team, definitely definitely go for it. Uh, so just give me your give me your actually your number one through four. We'll we'll do the top four first, and then we'll do the bottom four. Okay, so my one through four in the East. This should come as no surprise. I have the Cavaliers at number one. This should also come as no surprise. I picked the Celtics at two. This is where I start to surprise you when you know that I picked the Hawks at three and then the Raptors at four. Oh, well, I'm not surprised because I have the exact same top four in that exact same order. Wow. Cavaliers, Celtics, Hawks, Raptors. So uh, we're good so far, so I don't think we really have uh, much to talk about here. Uh, why did you pick the uh, – why the Celtics two? Because that, that, that was a difficult – difficult pick for me um but why did you have the celtics two over all these other teams it didn't even really seem that hard to me like i never see i, I have a lot of love for kyle lowry as you know uh, former villanova product i mean i just i i have never really liked the combination of of he and DeRozan, and we saw a little bit of why last year in the playoffs i know they you know ended up going deep but they tend to struggle sometimes and they're just scorers and i, I feel like a lot of times 
they have a big issue, and I don't feel like they addressed a ton of that. I mean, Valanciunas is getting better, but he's one of those centers where I don't really know how productive he actually is because he's got, you know, the good post game and all that stuff. He's not an athlete. So I, I just never really trust them, and they'll probably prove me wrong. But I really like Boston. I like the moves they made. The Al Horford thing's great. I think Brad Stevens is going to be terrific, obviously, as I picked him. And then, you know, I think the Hawks, too, are another team who have stepped up. But the Boston, I just, I just believe in the Celtics. I think they're a franchise that always gets results. And with Isaiah Thomas and Horford and these pieces now, I just feel like it's time. Plus the East is never really like top heavy. Great. Like they're going to be, I think the middle of the pack in the East is going to be a lot more competitive than say the top, but it's getting better. Right. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Uh, I can see, like I can see the Hawks being the two seed. I can really see the Raptors being a two seed. So it wasn't as easy as it seems to be for you, uh, for me, but I think you brought up a lot of good points. And the, the main point for, for me for the Celtics is just defensively. I think that the, the, the Boston Celtics defense can win them the extra three to five games that they're going to need, you know, to, to basically, you know, the, the two and the three seed are usually within two to three games of each other, right? So uh, I really think that the, the Celtics defense is going to be the difference when it, when it comes down to it. That's going to win them the extra games just because they, they aren't as vulnerable to lose to the, the teams that they should beat because just defensively they can just buckle down on you and it just kind of frustrates the other team. You know what I mean? So when they're facing the, the Sixers, that's an extreme example, but even let's, let's just say the Milwaukee Bucks, you know, it, it just seems like the Celtics aren't as prone to lose those games as I think like the Hawks would be, because I feel like the Hawks might lose one of those games because Dennis Schroeder still has a learning curve and he's going to have six turnovers or something that costs him the game. I, I still feel like they're vulnerable in that respect. Um, so, so that's why I, I took the Celtics number two. So, so we agree there. So let's get to your uh, uh, bottom, the bottom four seeds you got to finish out the East here. All right. So coming in at the five seed, I have the Bulls. Then I took the Pacers. Okay. Then the Knicks. Mm-hmm. And then the Wizards. So probably okay. most people are wondering where are the Hornets? They, they are. I'm sure they are because I have the Hornets in my playoff picture, um, but there are the eighth seeds. So I have the same, we, we have the same top six, actually. I have Bulls five, wow. Pacers six, and I had the Pistons seven. Uh, I still believe I picked them as the eighth seed last year. came to fruition. So I'm bumping them up one spot. I'm not scared of the Reggie Jackson injury just because I feel like Ish Smith is more than competent as a backup. And I think him in a starting role, I think he's going to play really well with Drummond who I think is just going to take another minor minor leap. And then eight, I do have the Hornets. Um, I, I don't believe in the Wizards as much as you do, apparently. It, it's just not there for me. The, the way you feel about DeRozan and Lowry, I kind of feel the same way about Beal and Wall. I'm, I'm kind of done with, with the Bradley Beal-John Wall experiment, to, to be completely honest. <laughs> I mean, I, I you know, I, I have fallen off the wagon a bit with those two. I just, I, I don't know, I... The Hornets scare me a little bit, and I was never high like on the Pistons, even though they were my next two. I mean, Hornets-Pistons is exactly how mine reads at 9 and 10. And then I had the Bucks at 11, who I think are also a team. I almost feel like even though I rank them lower, like I'm a little more scared of the Bucks maybe than the Pistons or the Hornets. I just don't know. The Hornets last season to me seemed – I just didn't – I don't want to say – illegitimate because obviously it was legitimate, but I, it just, to me, it seemed kind of like fool's gold, I think is, is the term I wanted to use. And the Pistons, yeah, no, I can buy that. Eh, I don't know. You know, they were fringe for me anyways. And the Reggie Jackson thing really does affects my opinion. So 
this is this is where we go. I, I really do think that I think anywhere from like the Bulls, so like the five seed to like, you know, the the twelve is is kind of open for me. So I, I was honestly you know, more it's, it's going to be a crazy that, year that you had the Knicks. You know, I, I've fallen for the trap, the the glands, yeah, the names. Have. Like I I'm, I bought into it. I, I can't. I, there's nothing I can do about it. All right. Well, let's move on to the West. The West Coast, uh, the Western Conference, same thing. Just name your top four because I, I feel like we might agree more, even though we 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 apparently agree on these since we have the exact same top six. But uh, I think the West top four is kind of I don't want to say solidified, but go for it. I'm going Warriors, Spurs, Clippers, Thunder. Okay, so we do have a difference because I have Warriors, Spurs, Clippers, Rockets as my four seed. Um, I thought I'm you might. completely. Yeah, I'm completely buying into the Rockets. I was way low on them. I, we talked about this last week. And then a couple of people that I trust were really intense about their belief in the Rockets, and it kind of converted me full on, and now I'm just completely the other way. And I was really high on them last season, and then they didn't pan out so well. So it's probably going to be the same thing again. Damn you, James Harden, Khloe Kardashian, uh, Tristan Thompson, RIP to your career, by the way. Uh, so – why the Thunder number four? Because that's kind of high. That, that that's high from a, you know, a lot of different people. Really don't aren't buying into the Thunder as, as that high. They think Russell Westbrook's going to be really good, and they think the rest of the team is not going to be so good. And see, that's the exact opposite of what I I think. I think we've seen some sample sizes where there was no KD and Westbrook kind of ran the show, and they weren't great. Some nights they were great. Some nights they were just atrocious and they you know the record was pretty split I don't know exactly what it was but it was somewhere around 500 I believe so you know we have this notion in our head now that that's the same type of thing we're going to see we're going to see the Westbrook show he's not passing the ball he's going 150 miles an hour and it's going to be great at points and awful at points but I say to that when they were missing when whenever a team's missing players especially star caliber players like KD you're just out you mean you have nothing for them. So in this instance, right. the team has had an off season and they've, you know, done what they could with their holes. And I think Oladipo is going to be a very nice complimentary piece. And I feel like we talk, I said before that Oladipo's not, you know, he's an elite energy player. That's his thing. People want him to be an elite defender, but I think it's his energy that's the best part of his game. And I think Westbrook has a lot of that too. And I feel like those two players are really going to get along. I think they're kind of cut from the same cloth in uh, competitive nature. I think, you know, Oladipo doesn't really speak out the way Westbrook does, but he's a hard worker. He's a fiery guy in the court. I've watched him, you know, ever since he's come into the league. So I do believe in Ennis Canner and Steven Adams as well. You know that. So I really do think that this team can beat teams like the Blazers and the Rockets, who I initially had both above the Thunder. I, I initially had the Thunder at six, but I changed my mind. In West, I trust, and I've used all the show. It, no, I, I completely uh, I agree with a lot of uh, a lot of what you said, and I think it's I think it's a great point. Especially, I think the one thing you didn't bring up is this team really has the Kevin Durant left us like he thought we weren't good enough. He looked at us, a lot of people on this team, Ennis Canner, Stephen Adams, you know, Cameron Payne, all these guys. Cameron Payne's out, but you know, aside from Oladipo, really, who is the big addition, and they obviously had the draft pick, but. A lot of these guys have a chip on their shoulder because Kevin Durant looked at these guys and said, "You're not good enough to win a championship with. I'm going. I'm going somewhere else." And that that kind of that professional pride that really hurts, you know. And, and and that's something that you can really convert into motivation in July 
or right after the NBA fine, or, you know, right after, you know, right after he makes the decision and, and everybody else is, you know, Tristan Thompson is at the club with Khloe Kardashian. And where are you? You're in the gym because you're like, damn you, Kevin Durant. I am good enough. We are good enough. We are going to, you know, give you, give you something to think about. So I really like, I like your theory and I almost picked the Thunder higher, but I actually have them as the six seed. So, uh, real quick, my five through eight was the the Blazers, the Thunder, and then I have the Timberwolves as a playoff team, and I have the Jazz. I don't think it's going to work out that way because I have four teams from the same division in the playoffs, and I don't know how often that happens. I, I don't do research like that, uh, but that's what I got. That, that's, those are the eight best teams I thought in the uh, Western Conference. Wh- who you got? And I'm on here on time to make you feel better about your picks. I had the Blazers, Rockets. Jazz Timberwolves. So I, I too think the Jazz oh, okay. and the Timberwolves are going to be in there. Um, you know, I'm looking at the Grizzlies and the Mavs, and and I just don't know. I think they're kind of falling in the opposite direction. We talked about that a little bit before. Uh, although I I feel a little better about the Grizzlies than you do, but the Pelicans are one of those teams maybe that that bumps up into there. But I I think I think the Jazz and Timberwolves have great opportunities to get their you know feet wet in the playoffs with these young teams. Yeah, I think the the, the likelihood is is sort of that these teams in this division sort of beat up on each other a little bit more. That probably gives room for a team like the Grizzlies to get into the playoffs. I'm just a, I'm just really low on the Grizzlies, and I couldn't bring myself to put a Chandler Parsons roster team in, into the playoffs. I mean, Mike. I mean, I I like them. You know, they're good. It's you know, it, it's sort of like the Grizzlies are the Grizzlies at this point, and they, I just don't see that they did anything different. And maybe I'm penalizing them too much by just thinking that they're throwing the same team out there. Um, but that same team also is is a 50 win team, so I don't know. Uh, but that's they just trust the process. Uh, yeah, I, I I I don't trust the Grizzlies process. I only trust one process, and that is Joel Embiid. Uh, who is your surprise team of the league for good reason or bad reason? Who do you think is going to be the surprise team? And despite kind of having them on that bubble there, I'm going to say my surprise team is I'm saying the Charlotte Hornets will not make the NBA playoffs. And I know a lot of people think they'll win their division. Yeah, that, that's a good pick. Um, I'm going with the Chicago Bulls. I know you also had them as the five seed, but a lot of people are really low on the Bulls. A, a lot of people don't have them in the playoffs at all um, or don't have them above 500. And I just think a team like a, a Dwayne Wade team, a, a team with a lot of veterans, a lot of veteran leadership, uh, just a lot of talent, I, I think sometimes they're just going to out-talent people. And, and I know that's not a very sophisticated word, out-talent. That, that's what I'm going with. Uh, I just believe I believe in the Bulls. I believe in in their ability. I can see them being higher than a five seed. I can see them being the two seed. To be honest, it would not shock me. Um, but I, I just I really I like the layout of their team. I like their their three point shooters. I like a guy like Doug McDermott. I think a guy like Miritich will, will really benefit from the surrounding players that he has surrounding them. And then even a guy like Robin Lopez is just going to do all the dirty work on this team. I, I I just really like I like the I like the Bulls. I do. Yeah, if they can score enough, and if Dwayne Wade is hitting threes like I've been watching Dwayne Wade hit threes, I mean, that, that's going to be something to speak about. We talked about how much trouble they could be in from a shooting standpoint. But, I mean, if anybody can miraculously just, like, train themselves at the end of their career to just, like, make some threes at a much higher clip than they've been able to before – it might be Dwayne Wade, and I wouldn't be surprised. But, you know, I feel the same Absolutely. way as you do a little bit, is I think the Bulls could really be cream of the crop out east, or they could kind of fall flat and barely make the playoffs, and we'll all be like, eh, you know, I'm I, I'm not too shocked. Yeah, and really quick about the Bulls, the other thing is I just like their, their late-game situation. I like Dwayne Wade and Jimmy Butler. I think those are two of the better clutch players in the league for me. 
Um, so, so that's why I picked them as my surprise team. What is your no-look pass? And for those of you that don't know, the no-look pass we do for every division is, is basically an unforeseen circumstance that can change the outcome of the entire division in that case, but the entire league in this case. What do you think the no-look pass is for, for the NBA season? I said this before when we talked about the, the divisions, uh, their division particularly. I think my no-look pass is that the Houston Rockets may just win the West besides the Warriors. So, you know, their division, (laughs) overtake the Spurs. You know, I had to put it that way. They'll win the West. They'll win the West besides the Warriors. (laughs) So, yeah, you know, I I think that there's there's obviously such a high ceiling with this team. It's going to be great, and I'm super pumped and interested to watch James Harden as, like, the full-time point guard, the shooters surrounding him, the Clint Capella thing. I I just think, you know, this fast-paced offense, it's going to be, you know, nothing – Nothing short of the best entertainment on TV when they're playing games, but I really do think the potential for them to just like be like, holy cow, these, this team's going to win 60 games, I think it's there. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I'm looking forward to them scoring 130 points a game and giving up 131 uh, because that just that, that's in the cards. It, it, it's definitely on the table. It might happen. Mind to look past is something that you really brought up. How good is the Thunder supporting cast? That, that, that really is – because I think if these guys are competent, I don't think they can beat the Warriors, but maybe I'm just rooting for it. I can totally see a Thunder Warriors Western Conference Final with the complete Russell Westbrook revenge factor in play and just every, just all the great storylines that would come from that. Um, I can definitely see it just because, I, like you said, I believe in Ennis Kander. I believe in Steven Adams. I believe in Victor Oladipo. I believe all these guys can be great, and if they can, I mean, this team is as dangerous as anybody in the West. Uh, I mean, I'm, that's obviously another interesting storyline is the Westbrook OKC thing, and I would love – I'll pay firstborn child to see that conference finals. Absolutely. Oh, so the look on the KD's our... face. Oh, oh, it would be priceless. That is the end of our show. We'll be with you next week as we continue our journey across the NBA, com slash NLP pod. That's N like Neil Long, L like Lindsey Bond, E like Paul Rudd. We will end as we always do with the great philosopher, Jason White Chocolate Williams, who once probably thought basketball is a lot like last call at the bar. Sometimes it's better to pass without looking. And with that, we bid you good night.